There is no question that our world is in a state of turmoil. The world events of the past few days have gripped us all. The senseless killing of innocent babies, children, families, and the elderly are just horrific events. In times of war, there often is collateral damage of innocent civilians, but what we have witnessed is intentional targeted attacks on the innocent. So how do we navigate our emotions, our thoughts, and our feelings? As believers, how do we hold on to hope and live in peace? Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. This is Cindy Whitman with Restoring the Foundations International. Today, we are talking about finding peace in the midst of the storm. Certainly, our world is in the midst of a storm, but you might also be facing a personal storm. Possibly your storm is financial, or maybe it's a relationship with your spouse or family member that's on the rocks. Maybe you have a child that is making decisions that you are not a part of God's plan for their life. Or maybe you're facing a health crisis for yourself or a family member. Personal crisis added to the crisis in the world can be a very heavy load. It can feel like there is no hope. It can be overwhelming. It can affect your spirit, your soul, and your body. Different people respond differently to these kinds of crisis, but it affects all of us in some way. When we are in the midst of a storm, it is an easy place for the enemy to attack our thoughts. He likes to put thoughts in our minds of hopelessness. For example, it's never going to get any better. Things are always going to be the same. He might even put the thought in your mind that you might as well just give up because nothing that you do changes the situation. When we meditate on and agree with these lies, we're opening a door for our enemy, Satan, to traffic in our lives. Let's start with the horrific situation in our world today. Our beloved Israel is under attack. There is a rise in anti-Semitic hatred. Hatred of the Jewish people is rampant. People are being annihilated or held hostage thousands of miles away from us. When you watch the news and listen to the reports via YouTube or social media, it's easy to allow fear and anxiety and hopelessness to take hold in your heart. It feels like There's nothing that you can do about it. It feels like God isn't doing anything to stop the terror attacks. These are all lies that Satan wants us to believe. Well, what about if you're in a personal crisis? You or your family member is in the midst of a health crisis. The reports from the medical people aren't good. You may feel like there's no hope. Or maybe your personal crisis is financial. It seems like no matter what you do, there is never enough money. Do you feel like you will always struggle financially? That you're just doomed to go from paycheck to paycheck? What about the child who is in rebellion? The prodigals that have left home and are going against everything their parents taught them? Do you feel like a failure? Do you feel like your child's decisions are your fault? All of these above situations are real and are ones that many of us are facing. But in John 16, 33, Jesus gives us hope. I have said these things to you, that in me, 
you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So tribulation is a part of our life. Trials are going to happen even in our lives as believers. However, we can have peace in the midst of the trial or tribulation. All right, let's be real. There is a lie that is inadvertently purported by the church that says, Christians don't have problems. If you believe that lie, then you have to pretend and you can't be honest with others about your struggles. I know that in my home growing up, there was a belief that Christians don't have marital problems. Marriage counseling wasn't an option. That lie kept many couples from getting the help that they needed. The family would be affected by the parents' poor relationship and basically Satan won. If we believe that Jesus speaks the truth, which we do, then he says that we can have peace amid the tribulation, amid the trials. So how do we do it? I'm reminded of a situation that happened when our children were very young. Our boys were 18 months old and three years old. We were in a small boat on a mountain lake in Colorado with my parents. We were enjoying the beauty of the surroundings. It was a spectacular day to enjoy God's creation. One of the things that you learn growing up in Colorado is that the weather can turn very quickly. We were in a valley with mountains surrounding us. We weren't paying much attention to the clouds that were gathering miles away. All of a sudden, the wind began to blow lightly. However, the wind quickly grew stronger and the rain began coming down. We were in the middle of this large lake. Quickly, my dad put the canvas top up on the boat. The wind began tossing the boat side to side. The waves were splashing up over the side of the boat. It was a very tenuous situation. The waves were so large that it was difficult for us to navigate them to get to shore. Finally, we just decided to stay put and ride it out. I have to admit that I was gripped with fear. I knew that this could have a bad outcome. I was holding our eight-month-old Michael in my arms. The wind was whipping around. The boat was rocking. The rain was pelting hard against the canvas top. I looked down at Michael, and he was sound asleep. That picture has always stuck with me as what it looks like to have peace in the midst of a storm. He wasn't worried. He wasn't fretting. He was leaned back in my arms and was peacefully sleeping while the storm raged around him. He was completely unaware of the danger and the outward circumstances didn't affect him at all. Wouldn't it be great to be able to do that in the midst of a crisis? The reality is, we can. In Matthew 14, 32 and 33, the scripture says, And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, I'm sure you probably know this story well. Jesus had been ministering, and then he went off to pray. He had told the disciples to get in the boat. And quickly, the wind came up on the Sea of Galilee, and the boat was taken away from the shore. The storm was much like the one I described the disciples were afraid. Then they saw Jesus coming toward them walking on the water. They didn't recognize Jesus. In fact, they thought he was a ghost. But Jesus said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. In verse 28, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink crying out, Lord, save me. 
You know, Peter was the only one to boldly ask Jesus that question. As Peter stepped onto the water, he walked towards Jesus. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. He began to look at the size of the waves, and he lost the confidence that he had while looking at Jesus. Now, in that scripture of Matthew 14, 32 and 33, and when they got into the boat, that's talking about when Peter and Jesus got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This is our first key to living in peace in the midst of the storm. Number one is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Nothing that is happening in this world today, personally or in the larger context, is a surprise to God. As my mother-in-law used to often say, God is still on the throne. We don't have to understand the why things happen. We can give up the right to demand that God explain things to us, and we can decide to trust him. You know, Peter sometimes gets a bad rap for taking his eyes off Jesus and sinking, but Peter was the only one that was courageous enough to get out of the boat and the only one on record that walked on the water besides Jesus. So, during a crisis, the first thing to do is to keep focused on Jesus. And as you walk on the water, you will experience peace as you keep your eyes on him. Do you remember that old hymn? Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. It's written by Helen Lamell, and it says, Turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we turn our eyes on Jesus and don't look at the size of the waves of our life, we get his perspective. He is right there with us in the midst of the storm, and he encourages us to come to him. Another story that comes to mind that gives us a key to having peace in the midst of the storm is found in Acts 16, 16 through 40. Now, the full scripture is in the text of the podcast if you want to read it in full. But this is the story of Paul and Silas getting thrown in prison. They were beaten, they were flogged, and they were chained. I'd say that was a really bad day, and it was a really big storm. However, Instead of being overcome by their circumstances, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing worship songs in the prison. The result of their prayer and worship was an earthquake that broke their chains. Now, interestingly, they opted not to run out of the prison immediately. But their storm was the catalyst that caused fellow inmates and the jailer and his family to accept Jesus. When we navigate our storms with worship and prayer, it opens the gate for God to work in our lives and in the lives of others. So key number two is to pray and worship in the midst of your storm. You know, I try to make it a rule that if I watch an hour of news that I will worship and pray for an hour. Because if we marinate in the negative news hours at the time, we're going to be filled with fear and anxiety and hopelessness. We must worship and pray to regain the right perspective. So what is God saying to you about your personal crisis or about the world's crisis? Many are saying this is the end time. I don't know if they're right or not, but I have read Revelation and I know that we win in the end. I try not to focus on the maybes. The reality is, if this is the end times and our hearts are submitted to him and we're walking according to his word the best we know how to do, we're going to be okay. It doesn't mean that we won't face trials, but we know that just like with Peter, Jesus is walking towards us 
if we will take his hand and trust him. So in your personal crisis, what are you believing about it? Do your beliefs line up with what God would say? If you don't know, ask him. I'll give you a hint. If there's any hopelessness or unbelief in your thinking, then it doesn't agree with God's nature, his character, and his word. And you're believing a lie. When you identify the lies you're believing, then get out your RTF ministry card. Forgive all those that are involved in helping you believe the lies. Come out of agreement with the lies and ask God what is his truth? What does he want you to know about your situation? He will always fill you with truth. His truth is higher than the facts of your situation. Whether it is about the world crisis or your personal crisis, he has an answer and it is always filled with hope. So key number three is to stand on what God has said and declare it. Declare it over your personal crisis. Declare it over the world's crisis. Declare his truth. Finally, we have to acknowledge when we are partnering with fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety have no place in our lives unless we give it to them. The spirit of fear is rampant right now. We have to intentionally evict the spirit of fear and anxiety out of our lives. We have to refuse to succumb to his relentless onslaught of thoughts. That's why taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ is so important for each of us. So key number four is to eradicate fear and anxiety out of your life. Put on your worship music. Let it soak into you throughout the day. Turn your focus onto Jesus. You know, it requires an intentional act. And trust that he is always with you and he will never leave you. Declare the promises of God over our nation, over our world, and over your personal storm. Keep pressing, keep praying, keep declaring, keep worshiping until the shackles are broken off and the waves cease. So in conclusion, four of the keys of finding peace in the midst of the storm is, number one, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Remember John 14, 33, and he says, in me, you will have peace. So when we abide in him, we find that peace. Number two, worship and pray during the storm. The shackles will break and the wind will cease. Number three, stand on what God has said and declare it and watch God work. And number four, refuse to partner with the spirit of fear and anxiety. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that you are in the midst of the storm with me. I am not alone. Will you forgive me for partnering with fear and anxiety? Lord, I ask that you would clearly speak to me and show me your truth. Surround me with your presence and give me your perspective. Lord, I ask for the intentionality, the courage, and determination to not partner with Satan in any way. I invite and embrace your peace to overtake me regardless of my outward circumstances. Help me to abide in you and rest in your arms as the storm rages. I trust you, Lord, to cause the wind and the waves to cease and the shackles to break off. I am safe with you no matter what may come. And I declare today that I am safe in the arms of Jesus. I trust him to lead and guide me in my every step as I submit to him. We will soon be releasing a recorded ministry session on overcoming fear and anxiety. It'll be available in the online store at www.restoringthefoundations.org. And if you need help meeting with a ministry team, please reach out to our website. 
You can go to the tab at the top and find a ministry team, or you can contact our ministry coordinator through the website. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I just encourage you to find peace in the midst of the storm. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.